Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Rolling along, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Timmy Hasselbeck later this hour on the Goodyear Hotline. He was terrific on TV today. We've been really busy uh, this morning here as we've gone through a bunch of your phone calls. Outstanding. We had uh, Don LaGreca and Paul Hambakitis arguing with each other, even though they've probably never met in their entire lives about analytics and baseball. Um, We had a green list in which we made an effort to make you a whole bunch of money, but now it is time for me to demonstrate without a shadow of a doubt that when it comes to sports media, I am playing chess and the rest of the world is playing Parcheesi. Mine is that sort of rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until long after its time. The genius, you said? Your genius. He's genius, eh? We're not going to appreciate your brilliance until you're gone. Brilliant. I read you this story from Sports Illustrated. The NCAA used the single-site concept for its marquee championships this year out of necessity. We are all aware that the NCAA tournament, the men all played in Indianapolis and thereabouts, and the women played in San Antonio and thereabouts because of these unique circumstances of the coronavirus. But, Sports Illustrated writes, now it could become part of the tournament's future. A day after crowning a national champion for the first time since 2019, NCAA Senior Vice President of Basketball Dan Gavitt told reporters that the successful men's college basketball tournament held primarily in Indianapolis could create a model for future tournaments. Quote, if it's the desire of the committee and the membership to consider something along these lines for the future, I would give it serious, significant, excuse me, consideration, he said, to playing the tournament in one place instead of all over the place. Excuse me, if you were listening to this show in November, that's exactly what I told you you should do. We did a list on this program of things that we did in the pandemic that they should have been doing anyway. And I said they should be playing the NCAA tournament in one place anyway. There's never been any obvious reason to me why they need to schlep it all over the place. It feels very inefficient. It doesn't feel like it is in any way reflective of our goal to treat the students like they're student athletes, as ludicrous as that may sound in this context. Why not? It's just better this way, or at least it's just as good. I would even go so far as to ask, did you even notice watching on television? In fact, do you care where the games are played? I know people. You know who's one of them? Trey Wingo is a person who can tell you not only who won every Super Bowl. You can name any Super Bowl ever played. And I can tell you who played in it and who won. But he can tell you where the game was played. And I always found that stunning. Because who the hell cares where the game was played? I've never understood why anyone cares. I can tell you where the games were played that I covered. I've covered 22 Super Bowls. So I can tell you where those games were played because I was there. But if you're not there, what do you care where the Super Bowl was played? Now, I'm not trying to suggest it doesn't matter where these things are played. Obviously, there are enormous financial considerations for all of these things. It's a very big deal to them. God bless them. Where the Super Bowl is is millions and millions of dollars. I'm not talking about that. I'm merely saying as a fan, do you care where the game is played? I guess maybe you notice the difference if it's in a dome versus an outdoor stadium. Like when the game was in Minneapolis a few years ago, I've never been that cold in my entire life. I covered that. That was in the time between the end of Mike and Mike and the start of Get Up. 
So ESPN sent me down there to do, you know, reporting for SportsCenter, which I enjoyed very much. I was happy to do it. But I froze my tuchus off. It was so cold, I literally got pneumonia. You know the expression, I, you know, I got pneumonia. Oh, my God, it was so cold. I literally got pneumonia. I got a cold in Minneapolis that was so bad, I came home, it wouldn't go away. I finally went to the doctor. I had pneumonia. I got pneumonia in Minneapolis. The point is, you didn't know that if you were just watching the game on TV. I remember the game. That was the, 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 the Brady versus the Eagles game. It's one of the greatest Super Bowls ever. It's an unbelievable game to be there for. Justin Timberlake did the halftime. I can tell you all those things because I was there. But if you were not there, what do you care where the game is? All of this is a very long-winded way of my saying, I told you months ago that they should just play the NCAA tournament in one place, and now they are. You're welcome. The last thing I did like this... I'm the reason you got home field advantage oh, in the World Series. Don't do it again. I gave you that. Don't do it. The Grady rule. The morning after the, the infamous tie game in Milwaukee, the tie All-Star game when everybody lost their mind, I came on Mike and Mike, 6 o'clock the following morning. I said, what do you care? You wouldn't have cared if the American League won. You wouldn't have cared if the National League won. So why do you care that it ends in a tie? If you want to make it important, give home field advantage in the World Series to the league that wins. Bingo. Next thing you know, they did it. You're welcome. So, once again, I'm playing chess. The rest of the world is playing some lesser game. Insert the game you want. I've made the Parcheesi joke three times. It's not funny anymore. So, whatever you want. What other game is easier than chess? I don't like people. People are constantly belittling checkers. What's another game that's not as mentally grueling as chess? Have you ever played Trouble? Yeah, I've played Trouble. I like that game. It's pretty easy. That's not a bad game. That's an easy game. Bubba, let me ask you a question. Bubba, for many years, people don't know this, worked at Milton Bradley and was very much involved in the creation of a lot of board games. What would you describe as the most mentally strenuous of all board games besides chess? Probably Clue. (laughs) (laughs) I love Clue. Clue is a great game. The problem with Clue is you couldn't play with two people. So there were only two kids. It was me and my brother. And we would try and figure out ways to play Clue. But you can't play Clue. You need at least three people to play Clue. But I did love Clue. Clue is a great game. I love Trivial Pursuit. I like all those games. But once again, when it comes to this stuff, I'm playing chess. So I told you they should play the NCAA tournament in one place. You and did. that is exactly what they should do. So we got that. Okay, next order of business. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. There's something I just want you to know, and that is this. I remain very put off by the word subluxate. I don't like that word. And in fact, I would like to have it stricken. All right? So we talked about Fernando Tatis Jr., who suffered an injury to his shoulder on a violent swing. And the news generally is good. Let me read you the, uh, the report. The uh, dateline is San Diego. Tatis Jr. has been placed on the 10-day injured list, but will not need surgery after the latest injury to his troublesome left shoulder. Tatis suffered the injury on a hard swing Monday and left San Diego's loss to the Giants. The Padres said Tatis had suffered a shoulder subluxation, which is a partial dislocation of the joint. Further exams showed a slight labrum tear consistent with a subluxation, and the injury is non-surgical. That is altogether too many syllables. That was a boatload of long words that did not require being said. First off, labrum is a word no one knows what it is. Point to your labrum. Get the hell out of here. You don't know where your labrum is. I'm a baseball player. Every baseball player has had a sore labrum. You don't know where your labrum is. There's no conceivable chance you actually know. Labrum is another one of those words that everyone says out loud and act like they know it. It's like rack and pinion steering. When I was a kid, cars. That car has rack and pinion steering. Oh, well, I got to get that car. Can't have a car without rack and pinion steering. What the hell is it? I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it sounds good. Labrum. He's got a torn labrum. Sounds terrible. Where is it? Someplace near his shoulder. 
I know that it is a shoulder. I have no idea where in your shoulder it is. Just say shoulder. Next, subluxation. If a subluxation is a dislocation, just say that. A dislocated shoulder is one thing. What is a, what is a shoulder subluxation? Why is a subluxation a partial dislocation? I don't like any of this. I find it unnecessarily complicated. And it is another example of them using fancy schmancy words to try and sound like they're saying something altogether more important than they actually are. If they just said he dislocated his shoulder, we all would have said, okay, I got that. I got you. He dislocated his shoulder. That sounds bad. Tell me how long he's going to be out. But when you say he suffered a subluxation of the shoulder, now I have to first try and find out what that means. This is just time in my day I do not have to dedicate to these things. I have two shows I'm hosting. I'm doing a lot of stuff here. I don't have time to be looking up words. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, like Don LeGreca, have too much going on in I your I got life. a lot going on. So I would like to make a movement. I'd like to mo- a motion. I move that we ban the word subluxation from the conversation in sports. I don't like it. I don't want it. So moved. And do I have a second? No. Well, but for crying no. out loud. No. This, this word's been around since 1680. It's a rich piece of the English language. Where is it? You, you look it up. Has it seriously been there since 1680? Yes. It's a, You're a, making that no, up. No, it's not. Its origin is Latin. Show me that. Show me your computer right now. Turn the, you're acting like you're looking at a computer screen right now. There's no way that's really on there. Get the hell out of here. It is. It was 1680s <laughs> from the Latin subluxatonum. All right. What the hell? A right. rich history. I guess I got to rethink that. All right. Greeny with you. Uh, coming up next, you need to absolutely hear what I'm going to tell you because there are teams in the NFL draft that are about to make colossal mistakes. And I, once again, can solve the problem. You don't want to miss it. Don't let your team get this thing wrong. I will solve it next. You're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. What a good day we're having here. A lot of fun, Greeny, with you here on ESPN Radio. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Tim Hasselbeck will join me on the Goodyear Hotline in about 15 minutes. Go through a bunch of this quarterback stuff. It's really very interesting. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Small business protection just got easier. With more than 30 coverage options available, Progressive has you covered. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Okay, I've been telling you for a while now that as I prepare to host the draft, I've got stuff for you here that under normal circumstances I would never normally know. 
But I want to do a Greenies draft prep here, and Bubba, it's not on my screen. I do not have Greenies draft prep on my screen. Yes, I do. So you're ready for the draft. Let's get started. Greenies draft prep. Sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> I'd like to blame Bubba for that. It was not obvious to me where it was. I think you rearranged some things on my screen. At your request. I requested that you move some things around, and thus I couldn't find it. For that, I blame you and you exclusively. And so today is this is Greenie's draft prep. All right, let's get to business. And this will be the most important one I give you. Again, if you're a casual fan getting ready for the draft, which is to say you have a favorite NFL team, you are a big football fan, you like college football, but you don't follow this stuff religiously or watch that much college football beyond maybe a few high-profile games, then you may only know about five quarterbacks in this draft. I get it. In a normal year, that would have been me too. But this is not a normal year. So I'm here to tell you that there are nine quarterbacks who absolutely will not get out of the second round. Nine quarterbacks who will not get out of round two. By the time you go to sleep Friday night, there will be nine quarterbacks selected at minimum in the NFL draft. That encompasses rounds two and three. I will be very surprised if any of these guys makes it to round three. And I'm setting this up this way to explain to you that if yours is a team that needs a quarterback, like, for example, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a perfect example of this. Maybe New England. The Bears are in a little different place. The Bears need a quarterback now. None of the guys I'm about to tell you about will probably solve the Bears' problems this minute. Pittsburgh needs a quarterback down the line. Patriots, I could see them being interested in drafting a quarterback that they feel a year, two years from now, is ready to be a great player. Those kind of teams, I've got the guy for you. Here we go. You know about five of them. You know about Trevor Lawrence going to be the number one pick. Zach Wilson's going to be two. Everyone says Mac Jones is going to be three. I don't buy it. I still believe Trey Lance is going to be three. Either way, those two guys and Justin Fields are all going to be off the board by the time we get an hour into the draft. Now I'm going to tell you about four other guys. The first of them, you probably know his name. It's Kyle Trask, the quarterback from Florida. He was a Heisman finalist, so you probably do know him. He had two superstar receivers on his team. One of them is Kyle Pitts, the tight end, who might be the first non-quarterback drafted this year. The other is a receiver named Kadarius Toney, who made 70 catches last year and I think is going to be mid to late first-round pick. Kyle Trask is a guy who wasn't even a starter in high school. He was a backup his senior year of high school. Turned himself into a Heisman finalist. He looks the part, big, strong, not the most athletic, not a dynamic athlete. But you want someone who can stand back there and fling it? Kyle Trask, I could see sneaking into the back of the first round. Certainly in the second. The next is a player named Jamie Newman. Jamie Newman was a terrific quarterback at Wake Forest. Had a huge year at Wake Forest. Parlayed that into transferring to Georgia. He was going to go become Georgia's quarterback. Georgia then brought someone else in, and he wound up, Jamie Newman wound up sitting out the season. He opted out, chose to just go start working out for the draft, and opted out of the 2020 season, so he didn't play last year. But Jamie Newman is another one who looks the part. Big, athletic, throws it a ton. Go watch some of the film from him on Wake, from, from him at Wake Forest. Really good. So Jamie Newman is another guy who I could see going early to mid-second round in this draft. Give him a year or two, I could see him being a difference maker. Kellen Mond is the next one. 
That's a name you may know because he played at Texas A&M and they were a really good team this year and he got a lot of attention. Kellen Mond is an unbelievable talent. The athleticism is remarkable. You see him. He is exactly what an NFL quarterback is today. The RPO, all that stuff, throws it, runs it, strong. Kellen Mond, I think, has the potential to be a star. I think teams are going to fall in love Mm. with Kellen Mond. And then we get to the last one, and this is the one whose name, I think, of those is is maybe the least known. But I think he may be the most intriguing prospect. His name is Davis Mills. He's the quarterback at Stanford. He grew up in Georgia. And what if I told you that his senior year in high school, he was rated the number one quarterback in the country. In the country. Number one. He had offers from Alabama and from Georgia and all the big schools in the South, and he chose to go to Stanford. Here's the problem with Davis Mills. He's barely played. He's 6'4", 230. Big, strong, athletic, runs it. I watched tape of him running to the, beating all these linebackers to run touchdowns into the corner of the end zone. But he's barely played. He started 11 games in his college career. So he's not anywhere near ready to be a starter day one. But if I'm the Steelers... I am seriously considering taking him at 24, sit him on my on my bench for a year, let him learn behind Ben, and a year or two from now, you might have the steal of the draft. When I brought him up to Mel Kuyper, Mel Kuyper said to me, and I quote, Greeny, I'll be stunned if he gets out of round one. Round one! Forget about round two. So just remember the name Davis Mills, quarterback Stanford, could easily be the answer to some team's question down the road. If you want someone to play for you this coming year from that group I just gave you, the answers are Kyle Trask and Kellen Mond. If you're looking for someone to play for you a year or two down the road who might wind up someday being the steal of the 2021 draft, the answers are Jamie Newman and my particular favorite, Davis Mills. Greeny with you in part brought to you by 303 Products, Premium Protectants, and Cleaners. Keep your car looking like new for longer. We'll get the perspective on all of this from Tim Hasselbeck. He will join me live next. And in case you missed it, the inaugural edition of Greeny's Rant of the Day. Both of those are around the corner. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. All right, we're having some fun today. Greeny with you coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. In just a few minutes, the inaugural edition of our rant of the day. It was epic. It's worth so nice, it's worth doing twice. And we'll bring it back in case you're just joining me here. But speaking of so nice, we're doing it twice. Tim Hasselbeck, we had a terrific hour together on TV this morning, and he's good enough to jump in here with me on the Goodyear Hotline. Hello again, Tim Hasselbeck. Hey, Granny. So very interesting stuff this morning, and there's, there's a lot I want to get into. And I want to start with the Justin Fields thing, and I, I will open it for those who are not with us on TV this morning and set it up this way. I feel like every analyst I get on the television show, and Tim, you are one of them, and Mel, and McShay, and Matt Miller, and, and half the former players, if not more, say the words to me, Justin Fields is my second favorite quarterback in this draft. I believe Justin Fields is the second best quarterback in this draft. Everyone I talk to thinks that. So how does that connect to the fact that all of the conventional wisdom suggests that four quarterbacks are going ahead of him three weeks from tomorrow night, Tim? I can't put those things together. Why is it happening? Well, because, you know, you look, we can all feel that way. But and, and look, Urban Meyer can feel that way. But if he has, you know, Trevor Lawrence, you know, with the first pick, then it doesn't matter that he has him at second because he doesn't get two picks. And then if Joe Douglas doesn't have the same list and if Kyle Shanahan doesn't have the same list, then all of a sudden guys just start getting moved down the line. And so that's how it happens. And I do think that um, that that can be real. But, Greeny, that can be real, and, you know, the misinformation can be real as well. You know, they, they don't have to – you know, it's not like they both can't happen. And so I think there can be a combo of that. And, and look, that's how it ends up shaking out. So – and I also think this, in fairness, too, like, you know, what is being said on TV isn't exactly what's being said in every draft meeting that's happening around the National Football League. What do you mean by that? Well, like, you know, some of the stuff that, ha- that, that is, is said on TV is, you know, because, hey, somebody told them that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, when, when Mel and Todd are doing a, a mock draft, you know, it's not what they would do. It's what they think other people are going to do. Right. And so you're relying on information at that point. And, you know, Trying to figure out if it's real or not is really difficult. Understood. So so I look at Justin Fields, all right, and going back, I mean, I've been watching him play forever. We all have. He's at Ohio mm-hmm. State. He's been in the Final Four two consecutive years, and everything about him you love. I mean, David Pollock described him as a more athletic Dak Prescott. There's everything in the world about him to love. And the New York Jets seem to have, the New York Jets have passed on every opportunity in the world, every offer, and traded away Sam Darnold to draft someone else in this draft. Mm-hmm. So you said to me on TV this morning, you can understand why someone would like Zach Wilson better than Justin Fields. Explain that to me. What is it you're seeing in well, Zach Wilson if you're taking yeah. him ahead of him? Because I think that Zach Wilson has a natural ability to throw the football that is so unique and rare. I've compared him to Jay Cutler. And so it's important, I think, for people when they hear that comparison, 
you know, to not think of the the memes with, you know, Cutler smoking a cigarette and realize that the Jake Cutler I'm referring to is a guy that was at Vanderbilt but was so physically gifted to throw a football that he was a top 10 pick. A guy that when he came into the league and said that he had a stronger arm than John Elway, you know, there were some people who were like, come on. But there were a lot of people that said, you know what, the guy's got a point. So that's how talented physically Jay Cutler was. So, you know, Zach Wilson has this ability to roll out of bed and spin a football the way that most guys are not able to do it, including guys that have trained their entire lives to be pro quarterbacks. He, he has been given that gift. And so I think that there's a lot to like about that when you watch Zach Wilson. He, and he's also athletic, and he's also, uh, you know, has other things that he kind of brings to the table, uh, you know, a confidence and a kind of a flair for, for certain moments that people like about him. So that's why I could see somebody saying, yeah, but this guy's a, a better natural passer today than Justin Fields. Okay, fair enough, and that's obviously a big part of it. And he, he, So that, that's that part, and that makes sense there. So you, you're looking at if, – if you're stacking a board, that's one thing. And, but you're understanding that part of it. And then and then there's Trey Lance, who a lot of people seem to be taking ahead of Justin Fields. And that's another one that confuses me. I, I, believe, I continue to believe that's who's going third. I continue to believe that's mm-hmm. who San Francisco is taking. Everyone's telling me I'm wrong. And I'm sure they're right and I'm wrong. Adam Schefter knows a trillion times. <laughs> Adam Schefter's actually talking to people. I'm just sitting here guessing. But that's what I think they're going to do. And I'll tell you why, Timmy. Because I think if you're San Francisco... You trade three first-round picks to go up and get Kirk Cousins. You could have just gotten the actual Kirk Cousins more easily than that. Mm-hmm. When in reality, what you do is you, you follow the Kansas City model exactly. You draft Trey Lance, who you think you can turn into the next Patrick Mahomes. You let Garoppolo continue to play for you another year or even two, depending on how long that goes. When he's healthy, they win. And then eventually you hand the reins to this guy Lance that you think you can turn into the next Mahomes. That is a scenario that makes sense to me. Here's what I would say about Lance. Lance is such a projection. You know, with other quarterbacks, like you watched Trevor Lawrence play and you've seen him play at the, the, the top of college football, seen the same thing from Fields. Um, you know, you probably have a truer understanding of, you know, what Zach Wilson faced, who he played against, and who he played with. I think the big thing on Lance is that it's just such an unknown, Grainy, about – you know, who he really is. There's limited film. It's basically one year and it's in a juggernaut program that dominates that level of competition. And truthfully, like you can say, well, you know, Carson Wentz, yes, but there's a guy in between them named Easton Stick who was drafted, who was just as productive as these other guys. So look, to me, if, if Fields is there for Kyle Shanahan at three, like I'm going to be disappointed when he doesn't take him. Like that's how I feel about it. Like in terms of that, but yeah, look, I, I'm with you on the the you know like Lance over Fields. Like to me, I'm looking at that and saying, well, why? Like how? Like the Wilson one, he's so gifted throwing the football, sure. But Lance over Fields or or Jones over Fields, I, I have a really hard time with both of those. The thing about Mac Jones, and you were the one who first said this on, on TV, and we've, we've gotten a lot of mileage out of it, and you were 100% right. Tim Hasselbeck is with us here on ESPN Radio, is that 
if you're going to take a player that high in the draft, and, and at that point we were talking about 15 in New England, now we're talking about three. We're talking about the third pick mm-hmm. in the draft, and we're talking about having traded three number one picks to get there, which is what San Francisco did. And you're taking a player who may fit perfectly what you want to do, but is not independently spectacular in anyone's estimation. Can you, Tim, being a football lifer, justify giving up everything they've given up to get that guy? No, like not, not even not even a little bit, because I think that some of the things that, that are, um, you know, it's like. I guess you would say indisputable, but like you can pull up stuff where you watch him and you say, you know, he just athletically, he's not Aaron Rodgers, you know, athletically. He's not, um, you know, even Matthew Stafford athletically. He's not some of these guys, Russell Wilson athletically, some of these guys that you see succeeding in the NFL, Justin Herbert athletically, all of these guys, um, Josh Allen, he's not that. We can see that. There, I don't think that anyone is going to argue that he's the same caliber of athlete. And so what we've done is we've moved this conversation into, look, there's been other kind of just pure pocket passers that have had success. Well, I, I don't believe that there really is one in, in today's NFL. And then I would also argue that the other guys that don't move well that, that we've drafted that have had, you know, potential first round grades at times, look, we're not talking about them. Like we're no longer talking about Chris Redman or Trent Edwards or Brian Brom or Jimmy Clausen or Brandon Whedon or Bryce Petty or Mike Glennon or Davis Webb or Connor Cook. I mean, Greeny, you can go for days on guys like that. And so I just, I, I think that would be my concern. I don't think you draft on outliers. That's right. The ultimate outlier is the example everyone uses. Everyone will say, well, Tim, I just saw Tom Brady win the Super Bowl, so you can obviously do it that way. And to them, <laughs> what would you say? I'd say that, that, that he's, he's the exception, not the standard or not the, the rule or the blueprint to follow. Like, there, there have been a lot of, you know, I, this guy could be Tom Brady that, that are out of the league because – that's it, just it's, the game's not set up for that guy that it, he's the anomaly. Like I just like, that's the part of it that doesn't make sense to me that, that he's the comp Brady's understanding and mental domination of the game of football is second to none. Like it, we've never seen it. And so we've seen other guys be really good at it, but those guys again were drafted 20 years ago. Like, Nick, give me the guy in today's football that is mentally dominating the game the way that, that Manning or, or Brady or Breeze, you know, were able to achieve, like, like, like to that standard. Like, yeah. I just I, – I don't, I don't think you're betting on – like, you're not banking on that. Right. Right? You, you need to get the guy that physically is – he's so good that – that he can carry you physically until he's played enough that he can mentally win you football games. And the game is so different than it was at the time that we're talking about that you, that you can yeah. take advantage of that. It used to be that a guy's athleticism was just a bonus, but it was almost irrelevant. And now teams are utilizing it in a way that it is actually meaningful. I, I could have this conversation for the rest of my life. I enjoy it so much. Tim Hasselbeck, <laughs> thank you. It was terrific today, both TV and radio. I always appreciate it, and I'll see you soon. Thanks a million.
See you, Granny. All right, that's Tim Hasselbeck on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead, Goodyear, more driven. He's very good, and he was the first person who said that. And he made the point on TV more forcefully than he just did here. But he said, Greeny, stop using Tom Brady as the example. Like, that's the ultimate outlier. Don't say, well, I've seen Brady do it, so obviously everyone else can. Brady's the greatest ever. That is the example. And for every Brady, you could name 20 guys who couldn't. And that is the more important point to make here. All right, Greeny with you. One more thing today. They are who we thought they were. Playoffs? Playoffs? You kidding me? You kidding me? Hello? You play to win the game. Rant of the day. So when I first came back to the radio, I had this idea to do a rant of the day. And, and it is not meant for the classic coaches rant like Herman or Dennis Green or the classic player rant like Allen Iverson or, or anything like that. It is meant for talk show hosts. I've been a talk show host a long time. I love it when a host goes on to a rant. It's not really my style. I don't do it often. I do it occasionally. We did it yesterday. I, I guess I did it yesterday on the Darnold thing. But it's not really my thing. But I enjoy it. And so what I would like to invite you to do is on whatever radio station you are listening to me right now, you probably listen to some of the other hosts as well. And if you hear a great rant, if one of your hosts on your station goes into some crazy rant, I want you to let us know. Tweet at us. Find a way to let us know. The staff of this program use the hashtag Greeny that there was a great rant so-and-so on this station at such-and-such time. And I would like to bring them back and play them. Because I just think they're fascinating. And I will get the ball rolling because I was in my car yesterday, delightfully, delightfully on a beautiful sunny day, driving over to the golf course where I was going to take my first lesson of the year. Couldn't have been happier. And I'm listening, as I often do, to the Michael K. Show on ESPN Radio with Michael and Don LaGreca and Peter Rosenberg. And Don LaGreca, who's been a friend of mine for 20 years, was talking about his favorite team, the New York Mets, having played their, their belated season opener the night before because they, they had the COVID issue with Washington, whatever. They hadn't played a game yet. Jacob deGrom, who's the best pitcher in the sport, goes out there. He throws 77 pitches, and they take him out. They take him out of the game. Don was enraged, and he gets going. And by the time he finished, I was on the phone with Nuno saying, we need this for tomorrow. We are finally <laughs> debuting rant of the day. So for the inaugural edition, I present to you my friend, Don LaGreca. I don't know what I'm watching now. I don't know what I'm watching. Because what I'm watching now is nowhere close to the sport that I fell in love with. But what, what's going on here? I want to enjoy the sport. I never saw a sport shoot itself in the foot. I don't enjoy it because of the decisions they make. I'm sorry. It's game one. I'm not thinking about a championship. I'm not thinking about this deep into the summer. I'm thinking about enjoying myself. I'm supposed to enjoy the sport and have some fun. What's fun about that? What, what other sport does that? It's the entertainment business, people. Why in God's name would a 12-year-old kid sitting with his dad enjoy that? Why is that fun? Falling out of love with the sport. Falling out of love. I got too much else going on in my life. I try to invest to watch the best pitcher in baseball, and you took him from me. And in my eyes, for no reason. Zero. Take your analytics and shove them right up your rectum. Right up your Jam it up. I'm tired of it. <laughs> I called Nuno, and I said the out cue will be right up your rectum. <laughs> but that's beautiful. Now, Don does that. That's Don's thing. Don will get, he's very emotional. He's very passionate. As I said before, when you listen, when he starts going, he gets very red. Don turns red. He turns a color. He is bright red. So I will usually 
If I'm in the studio, I will hit 9-1 on my phone, and then I've got the thumb hovering over the 1 in case I need to hit it again and we need to get an ambulance in. But anyway, that was Don, and that was his rant, and that was him expressing concern that the way the game of baseball is currently being played and more specifically being managed, that it is destroying the entertainment value of the sport. And I would suggest that I think he's right. Now, I don't want to dive back into where we began. You made the point earlier, again, hashtag Hembo, that this particular decision, this particular manager's decision was more about the fact that they hadn't played a game in two weeks and that this one wasn't an analytics-driven decision. Fine. Let's not sidetrack the conversation with that. But the basic premise that a lot of what constitutes the way to win baseball games today contradicts what is entertaining for Don and the 12-year-old sitting in the stands, I agree with, do you? Yes, I agree with you. I do. I'm only 30 years old, but I, I see the same thing when I watch baseball. You want Jacob DeGrom to pitch the 7th, the 8th, and the ninth. 77 pitches, Greeny. Is there, who, who is the, who's your favorite ace growing up? Your favorite well, pitcher we talked up. about him earlier. He, he, he wasn't the best pitcher of his era, but for one season, he was as good as I ever saw. Ron Guidry in 1978, I think he went 25-3 and three that year. He was unbelievable, and I loved him. So I will, let's just use, if you want to just sure. go, go Guidry that year. Let's imagine 1978 Ron Guidry, 77 pitches after six innings. Would it even be on the table? For him to be taken no, of out. Of course not. No one would be up in the pen. No one would be talking about it. If 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 the manager of the Yankees at that time was Billy Martin or Don Lemon, forget when in the order this went, but whatever it was, or Bob Lemon, excuse me, had had taken had had even considered taking Ron Guidry out, there would have been a riot in the stands. I mean, you wouldn't have taken the pitcher out under any circumstance. Both Martin and Lemon managed them that, that year. year. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> yeah. I don't, that that was the year that, that 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 was the year of the Bucky Dent game and everything else. So right. at one point in the season, they fired Billy Martin and replaced <laughs> him right. with Bob Lemon. But go ahead. That, that's my but point. That's my point. No, of course not. But, but, but you don't even have to go back to 1978. That wouldn't have happened five years ago. No, but a lot has happened in the last five years. And none of it good. A lot of it smart. Smart is a, is a relative term. How so? Because there's smart, which means trying to win a baseball game. And then there's smart, which means I have the entertainment property that I own here, which is Major League Baseball, right. and I want to continue to grow it and make it more popular and make more people interested in watching and paying attention to it, and I am now go- doing things that counteract that. So answer this question. What is the objective of the manager? Got to win a game. What is the objective of the commissioner? The, veteran of the, the objective of the commissioner is to grow the business of the sport more than anything else. So what I'm saying is that the best way – for the two to better intersect, which they've obviously diverged recently, is to create an incentive or create a structure in which that is not possible. Or you um, make it much more difficult on yourself by removing, say, Jacob DeGrom after six innings and 77 pitches. So one thing that I've heard bandied about is the possibility of limiting the number of relievers that you could use. Let's say you can only have five guys in your pen that night, making that much more difficult to pull Jacob DeGrom. Meaning after in six any innings. given game, yes. only five people can pitch. No matter how you want to f- slice them. Sure. All right? So one of them could be playing Fair second enough. base if mm-hmm. you want them to be, but only five people can pitch in a given game. Right. So let's say that is a rule in place, right? Do you think that would mitigate this to a degree? It, yes. To a degree, yes. If you made it three people, it would be even better. But, but I'll live with five people. And we could even say the game, let's say the game goes into extra innings. I know you don't like extra innings. Let's say the game goes into extra innings. Maybe those rules could be eliminated. But right. let's say... Three, three, four, five pitchers, you can only use that number in a nine-inning game. Yes, you could add a pitcher per inning. So if you go to a 10th inning, you could add a pitcher. If you go to an 11th inning, you could add another pitcher if you want. There's no chance, if that's the rule, 
Jacob DeGrom's removed after the okay, sixth Okay, so there you have it. This is why we do this show. You got problems, we got solutions. We just solved one problem, tomorrow we'll attack another. Hey, by the way, a word from ZipRecruiter. We have more good news for baseball fans. You will be allowed to attend games this season. You'll be sitting, for the most part, in pods with your group. Well, businesses everywhere are making the gradual shift towards normalcy, too, which means more hiring, and that's where ZipRecruiter comes in. ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and invites them to apply. It's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter free only at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny at ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Hembo Outstanding today. Bubba, Nuno, Devin, and everybody, thank you. And most importantly, thank you for hanging out with me today. I'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Jam it up! Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.